0: Welcome to the Swimming From Home Talk Show. I'm here with Bruno Fratis. How have you been spending this quarantine time so far?
1: Well, first off, I've been sleeping a lot. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, sleeping is playing a big role right now. And um, I've been playing a lot of video games, that's for sure. A lot of PlayStation in my day. But at the same time, when I'm not sleeping or, or playing video games, uh, I am doing everything I can to to I don't even know if I can say stay in shape because swimming is a very tricky sport. There's nothing specific. There's nothing really specific to swimming than swimming inside uh, an actual swimming pool. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all closed now, so <laughs> it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to stay in swimming shape, but I am. I'm definitely trying to stay somehow in shape doing a few home exercises, going for eventual runs uh outdoors with my dogs and walking and trying trying to keep uh my diet uh somehow close to, to what it is. The, the ideal for to keep me lean and and overall healthy, I think. I think it's it's more about being healthy than being in shape or lean or or anything right now. And also being studying, being studying the effects of of de-training, being studying a little bit about sports psychology, being researching a lot, a lot of podcasts, a lot of talks Mm -hmm. with uh, professionals in the area. I do believe, I do believe, when you inform yourself, when you educate yourself on the on the several facets of your craft, that can that can go a long way in, in in the end result
0: yeah what what have you learned from those podcasts or those talks that you've been listening to uh,
1: yeah po- yeah podcasts are, 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 are a small part of it we're reading a lot mm-hmm. most of it in Portuguese of course but uh, been learning mainly uh, about the stages of the training and how can you how can you uh, prevent one stage of the other of happening earlier, you know, how to prolong uh, your physical and also mental conditions. The aspect of of sports psychology has been really interesting too. Been learning a lot, not only about competitive swimming, but also about I mean a full spectrum of, of sports psychology. The other day I was I was listening to a webinar about sports and Initiation with uh, pre teenagers which was really, really interesting. Yeah. Um. Just trying to keep my just trying to keep my mind busy, you know. <laughs> yeah. Once once you're once you're kind of addicted to to training and to performing and to the daily struggle of of training hard, you can get really, really bored once mm-hmm. you're locked down.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I, I know my week of boredom was last week and I just, you know, kind of completely lost it. I couldn't find ways to keep myself entertained enough and had to get it's pretty creative. Hard.
1: It's, hard. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Especially, I mean, there's not much you can do with uh, body weight exercises, you know, like you're just doing endless numbers of pushups and air squats. <laughs> no, I want I want actual weights, I want bar barrels, you know, it's, uh, it's hard. Yeah,
0: D, are you still in Miami right now?
1: I am close to Miami, I'm, I'm actually a county above, I mean Broward County, Coral Springs. Okay. okay, gotcha. But uh, I'm like pretty good from Miami. Yeah,
0: and is that, I mean, you're so you're able to go outside pretty regularly, is that right?
1: Yeah, yes, I, I go outside. It's not like we're we're in complete shutdown like some European countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can still go outside. I think, I think there are only two things that really changed in my life. It's one, the fact that obviously the the training facility is closed, so I cannot train. Mm-hmm. And it's not only the the training facility that I I usually go. It's every single swimming pool and gym. I mean, at a at a few counties' radius, you know, it's a, there's, there's not a single option I can swim at. And the fact that you have to wear a mask when you go to the supermarket, I mean, besides that, I don't think there's a lot, there's a lot that changed. I mean, even, even the traffic seems pretty much the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I know. I was surpri- I'm surprised at
0: like how many cars are on the streets in here in Texas. Um, because I mean, it's kind of less, but there's still like a lot of people out and about whenever I go out.
1: Yeah, it's hard because you you have to understand that for our generation and we don't really have an idea of what it is to stay quarantined at home due to something that is potentially lethal. You know, I'm not, I might be, I might be mistaken. I'm not really sure what I'm talking about, but I believe that the last time something like this happened, it was at the second world war, right?
2: Right. People had
1: to stay at home because there was like imminent danger outside. Yeah. even though it was not the same situation. So yeah, it's, it's something completely new. Definitely. Uh, I cannot expect that everyone really, really understands what's going on and relate to the danger, you know, and and realize that, yeah, it's life threatening. So let's not go out. We're used, we're used to a really convenient, really comfortable lifestyle. So it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna take a while for people to really get inside their heads the information that no, you cannot go outside.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's,
1: I feel like I've gotten
0: used to it by now, but yeah, it's, it's very bizarre. Has this, do you, do you feel pretty comfortable being at home this much?
1: Uh, I like, I like being at home. I like being at home, but I like doing what I want to, you know, I like going to cafes and I really love trying different restaurants and, uh, I love going to the beach. My dogs love going to the beach. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, of course, not mentioning that I love to train. I love, I love to work hard, and I love to go to the pool. I love to spend countless hours every week in the gym. I love lifting weights. I think, I think my sport of choice after swimming is definitely weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting. So that's what I love doing besides swimming. So yeah, like I like being at home, but I don't know if i if I love being at home that much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, you pretty much train by yourself, I think. Uh, what does a typical training day look like for you?
1: It's me and, well, Michelle's my is my coach. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am one lucky bastard of being married to my own coach. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, there's also a uh, Suriname swimmer. His name is Renzo yeah and yeah he trains. he trains with me we train okay. together here at Coral Springs, but besides- i mean it's just the three of us every day in the pool mm-hmm. so it start it starts in the morning we usually we give preference to train in the morning, do the main session in the morning that's uh it's always been like that at least with me mm-hmm. and uh we usually start some somewhere between 8 and 9 a.m. Uh we're really flexible with um with uh, with the schedule. We usually we usually just go in whenever time we feel we're ready, you know. I mean, it came to a point where it wasn't it wasn't really helping trying to fit 6 a.m. and 7 a.m.s, it wasn't being productive at all, so we just pushed that to 8 9 a.m.
2: Sometimes even
1: 10, depending on the session. And we do whatever we need to do. We usually work with a lot of intervals, a lot of high-intensity stuff. We don't do a lot of uh, what people call garbage yardage, you know. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of recovering and uh, a lot of power, a lot of high-octane stuff during our main session. So it takes something between an hour and a half and two hours and a half session then come back lunch nap do whatever you need to do like outside of swimming during the day like whatever else you want to do and uh, we're back in the pool between five and six p.m. I mean when I say the pool I mean the facility mm-hmm. and uh, we either go for a spring session which is just short bursts and then nothing really above uh, 25 yard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, nothing really above a nine-second effort. So if you're going for a 25-yard, you better, you better swim under the nine-second mark. Otherwise, you're going <laughs> to swim in the session. <laughs> yeah. The session. Uh, or gym. Or, or are we going for, for lift. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's pretty much it. We yeah. swim. We swim a. We swim a lot at a at a at a kids pool. We swim a lot at the warm pool. Where I do love a good ninety degree swimming pool. So <laughs> yeah, I spent I spent a lot of time at the warm pool as well. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's the dream. <laughs> oh man, I just I, I just passed this phase. I I do believe that I need to do six ams because that's what you do. You know, I just I, I question that. I really really question that. I also I also question any swimming pool below seventy degrees. That's uh, that's something I do not tolerate. It's it's cold water. I mean, if you if you want to ruin my day, turn the heater off. <laughs> that's how I go. That's how it pretty much goes every time.
0: I think that's smart. I mean, I. You know, I think, especially for younger swimmers, like, the 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 early morning swims, it's like, I feel like it's much more valuable to sleep.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think when you're young, you need to have a taste of the struggle. You know, it builds character. I do believe that. I do believe when you're young, you need to do your, even 5 a.m. before, I don't know what time colleges swim, but... Yeah, you yeah. need to go really early before your class, you know, and then you need to, like, bust your ass. I mean, sorry, I'm not supposed to cuss here, but you need to go really hard at training and then go to the class mm-hmm. and then come back to training. I mean, I think when you're young, that's important to, to teach you a little bit of hard work. Yeah. You know, I did, I did myself more than a couple hundred hundreds when I was 15, 16, even 17. You know, I do, I do believe in that. But once you're thirty and once you already have like a couple Olympic games in the baggage, I think I think it's more it's more of a fact of working smarter than working harder. You know, of mm-hmm. course you need to keep working hard, but you need to be smart about things. And actually that's one of the reasons I believe we have so much uh thirty year olds me in such high level right now it's because people have learned how to work smarter it's not only about like hammering hammering all the time so you need to know you need to know what's good for you and you need to work smarter but before that you need to learn how how to deal with with the struggle you need to learn how to become comfortable on discomfort you know
0: yeah which I mean if if you're game for it I would love to talk about your swimming past because I think you pr- took a pretty untraditional route compared to I mean certainly a lot of swimmers in America which I don't I don't even know your route that much I I think you trained at Auburn for a while but I don't you didn't swim for Auburn right
1: yeah, no, I think that the main difference between especially American and Australian swimmers from the rest of the world is that in, in America and in Australia, I assume uh, they have a plan. Mm-hmm. They have a really well-elaborate plan. You know, uh, once you know the American system, all the USA swimming guidelines. I mean, it's just beautiful. You have, you have this whole plan. Since the development of the athlete when uh, when he or she is a kid, all the way to age groups, and then you swim in high school, you swim uh, junior Olympics, and you swim like you go to college, and you have a whole recruitment system. Then the only the only the only part I think it lacks a little bit of of attention of development is the pro part of the sport. Mm But when you come to 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 the age of being a pro, you're you're most likely have a diploma, a college degree. So it's I mean, not that much of a problem, you know. Yeah. So I mean there's a plan. And where I come from in Brazil, the plan is to keep swimming, I guess the current if you need to, you know? Yeah. I mean you have you have very few opportunity to become very little opportunity of becoming a pro of getting a spot in the big clubs because that's where that's where the the athletes not only swimmers but all kinds of Olympic athletes they develop themselves. It's inside the club, and when you get in a club, you have this uh, huge uh, this uh, you have to pretty much battle for the attention of the of the staff of the coaching staff. Uh at least I talk- Sorry. <laughs> I talk about my experience that when I when I got to one of these clubs at seventeen years of age, it pretty much proved that I that I deserve to be there, you know, and oh I'm running out of battery now. Just hold on. No, no worries. <laughs> you're getting it's the idea. It's not like it's not like here where you pretty much have a guarantee spot at some yeah. team. If you're not going to first division, you're going to second, you're going to third, but you pretty much have a guarantee that you're gonna keep swimming somehow. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, yeah, you have to. Uh, as I said before, it's a, it's a great scenario for you to learn how to deal with struggle, with uh, pressure, with uh, you see that we don't have we don't have like we we play we play around that uh, when you're United States the when you're an American swimmer you become special when you go to the Olympics and you don't get a medal you know that's what <laughs> makes it different from the rest I mean. <laughs> In Brazil, in Brazil, when you go to the Olympics and you go to world championships, you I mean and you get a medal, you're pretty much of a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. people start looking at you. In the United States, that's that's the rule. I mean, when you when you go to the to world championships, I mean you're gonna get more than a few medals for a fact. I mean, that's how good that's how good the team is.
0: Yeah. And so how did you end up training in the United States?
1: uh yeah that that was already red though i was already i mean i was already pretty much into the the pro life uh mm-hmm. i told you i became I, I first became a pro at 17 mm-hmm. sao paulo that's when i in 2006 that was when i finished high school
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh and I, and I decided to to go to sao Paulo. I lived in another area of Brazil. I decided to go to sao Paulo to try to try and be a swimmer in one of these big clubs and uh, then i started that's where I started really hustling and really training as a as a olympian i back then when I got to the club i used to i mean there was like Cesar Cielo and Nick Santos. And Guilherme Guido, there was a there was a lot of people training this club and I was trying to look up to them and trying to learn as much as I could from them. And that's when I started to learn about about this world, about the 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 swimming world, you know. But I, I remember back then I didn't even knew that that it was a possibility to go to college and have your college paid by your just by your swimming, in the United States. I mean, that's how, that's how, let me say, ignorant I was back then.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, years later, I went to 2012 Olympic Games in London. After London, me and my coach, who was Ariuson Suarez, who I'm working with uh, again since last year. And uh, we decided to go to Italy, mm-hmm. and we spent some time in Italy. And I got hurt in Italy, so I dislocated my shoulder during a, a gym session. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I was I was I was always a, a little crazy at the gym, you know, trying to lift big weights. So I just had brilliant. I just had the brilliant idea of trying to snatch some ludicrous amount of weight above my head. <laughs>
2: oh, uh,
1: yeah, that proved that proved to be that proved to be to not to be a great idea. Yeah. But uh yeah I hurt myself for the first time and then in 2013 I had to come back home for surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh repair my shoulder uh, spend the rest of the year spend the rest of the year uh recovering and um by the end of the year i knew i needed something different you know because things uh, things in brazil they change a lot every olympics i mean here too but at the olympics i mean especially the funding and the dynamics of the clubs and and the the roster of the clubs they change a lot Mm -hmm. so after 2012 as part of one of these changes, I went to Italy, hurt myself, and came back, repaired my shoulder. By the end of 2013, I knew I needed something different because back then, I mean, I decided to to split ways with Ari, and I was recovering with the national the national team coach back in São Paulo, mm-hmm. and um, that's when I decided to to sent a message to coach Brad Hawk who was uh, who was coaching in Auburn at the time. And uh yeah. So he said yes and we spent a few wonderful years at Auburn and we had amazing great results. Yeah. And
0: so then and how'd you end up in Coral Springs? That's,
1: oh. that's when I came that's when I came to US and I looked around and say, Oh, that's why these guys win everything. Now I get it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. now I get it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was a really a really big change of of Pretty much everything i knew about not only about training but about team dynamics and about teamwork and about uh even discipline and uh i had to i had to forget a lot of my concepts and and learn new concepts to to try and thrive in this in in this environment you know mm-hmm. But uh, I mean I love it. I, I keep learning every day and I and I try to stay in touch with as many people as I can, like athletes and coaches and psychologists and everyone so so I can learn more and more about 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 the sport. And yeah. about performance itself. And in Core Springs, how did I end in Core Springs? Uh Course Springs always been kind of an iconic place for Brazilian swimmers. I mean, most of the great Brazilian swimmers that came before me, they trained in Core Springs. I mean, I can I mean Flávia de Laroli, Joana Maranhão, Thiago Pereira. And uh, I think the biggest of them all, and who is my uh I think my biggest idol in Brazilian swimming is Fernando Shedder. For- Fernando is a guy who who I grew up watching and when I was a little kid, when I was 10, 9 year old I, I used to say that I wanted to be like Fernando. I mean, of course it was Gustavo Borges mm-hmm. and they were kind of the, the two forces of Jedi. You know, one was <laughs> the the dark force another one was the, the guy with the, with the blue saber.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Fernando always he always seemed to me this kind of this anti-hero you know he was he was an amazing athlete he was an amazing role model but he he, he was still a badass you know so i always he was he was this guy you, you know when you when you watch this races back in the 90s and there's always like a bald guy with uh with mirror suits. yeah <laughs> i mean that's that's the most badass he gets and fernando was <laughs> one of them and uh yeah, I look up to him big time, and I still do. We're we're very good friends today, but Fernando used to swim here. Actually, I broke I broke a couple of his uh, club records when I came here, and uh, <laughs> I started giving him crap on on on, uh, on WhatsApp. And um, it was always an iconic place. So at some point, I have to get get out of Auburn because Brad was starting to focus he had to focus more on the college team mm-hmm. and he, he he couldn't afford having pros around anymore. So I had to look for another place and Coral Springs was pretty much a no brainer, even because uh, the head coach here is also Brazilian. So the dialogue is, uh, oh. it flows really easy. Yeah. yeah. Bruno. D'Ar- nice. Uh, coach Bruno. We even have the same first name. So, I mean, <laughs> it's easier than that.
0: Natural fit, yeah.
1: An natural fit. And I've been loving, I love being here. I mean, I love South Florida. South Florida. It, it's pretty much like Brazil here. The weather, the people, the way people drive, it's, uh, it's pretty bad too. It's just like Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel at home here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, well, anyway, awesome.
1: I just, I, have, I just have a Brazilian grocery store down the street, like 10 minutes. I mean, I, I buy all kinds of Brazilian food here. So it's amazing.
0: That is amazing. That sounds perfect.
1: It is. It is. And uh, I mean, not mentioning the facility, the swimming pool, it's a state-of-the-art swimming pool. It's, uh, it has everything any Olympian might ask for. It's a, great, it's a great, great swimming pool. It's beautiful. It has palm trees along the way. You can see all over the Everglades when you go up the the diving boards. hmm you know it's a it's a very good place I like to call it my sanctuary because that's how that's how much I love in here
0: yeah that's amazing well awesome dude thanks thanks a lot for talking to me that was great yeah man
1: call me anytime I'm being pretty bored here so anytime we want to talk we can make like kind of e-entertainment television for swimmers we can talk all kinds of gossips no I don't like that (laughs) yeah